Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show tonight, our Thursday night Survivor show. If you guys have a question on Survivor, you guys can call in um, 347-237-5506. Let's, let's have a great show, guys. Welcome, Survivor fans. This is the Rad Reality Show Network. I'm Cherry Garcia. I thank you so much for joining us tonight, which is Thursday, December 3rd, 2015. This is the Mike and the Mike show, hosted by... The most amazing Survivor fan of all time, Mike Albright. Currently, Mike has met 428 Survivor alumni and all the big names behind the scenes, too, such as Jeff Probst, Lynn Spillman, and my personal favorite, Mark Burnett. And, of course, if you look at all the pictures Mike's collected over all the years, he's been going to all these events and premieres and and post events, just all the events that he goes to with all the survivors. It's easy to see through his pictures that all these survivor alumni have such an admiration for him as well. I think just about everybody that's ever met Mike just adores him. So um, call and join us tonight and talk survivor with us. Uh, Normally, Mike has on Mike and the Mike show a special guest to chat with um, either before or after he recaps the episode uh, that we're doing that night. But tonight, Mike has three full episodes that he's recapping. So we're not he's not having a guest tonight, uh, but we are still inviting you to call in and talk with Mike and share your thoughts on how the season of Survivor is progressing, all you have to do is dial one three four seven two three seven five five zero six. Once you're on our switchboard, please press the number one key on your phone. That lets us know that you're ready to join us on air. 
Myself and Paul from Minnesota will be here as your co-host. I just want to take just a few moments to say a few things before we uh, get going. First of all, um, somebody who helps us with the show all the time, Jason, or also JTV, uh, known as uh, on Twitter and on Facebook, uh, went to the hospital tonight. So I just want to say that we are thinking of Jason. He's in our thoughts and prayers, and I hope he feels better. Um, Also, our thoughts and prayers are with all of those who lost loved ones or had loved ones injured or were affected in any way by the tragedy out in San Bernardino. Um, Just a horrific, senseless tragedy out there. Just breaks my heart that these are happening so often in our country. And I hope that somehow somebody finds a way to stop the the madness. Um, it's just happening much too often in our country. And we're going to say hi to Paul from Minnesota and then bring up our host and get the mic and the mic show started. So, Paul, how are you doing up in Minnesota tonight? Uh, hi, Cherry. Hi, everyone. I'm doing well, thank you. Jason, get better soon. Yes, I hope he, he does. He's... Uh, not been feeling well for a couple of days, and I know he's he's very sick. And I just got word just before 5 p.m. that he was headed to the hospital. So our thoughts and prayers are with him. Hope the doctors take good care of him and get him well. Yes. So, uh, did you get your snow, Paul? Did you get accumulation up there? We. <laughs> Yes, we did. Uh, the predictions did fall a little bit short. I I think maybe where I live in the northwest metro, we got maybe three inches of very wet snow. But uh, we just finished off a fourth warmest November on record. And we have, we're now at our, our normal high this time of year. Our average high this time of year is 30 degrees, and we're above that average high and predicted to be above that average high for at least a week. We're going to be in the uh, low 40s for highs, so it has uh, pretty much all melted already. Yay, El Nino. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I El would, Nino I would, is my friend. I, I almost <laughs> I almost feel like clicking the crowd cheer on that one, but I, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's getting uh, it's getting better. Um, certainly, I don't know if uh, you keep track of uh, my Minnesota wins, but I do have to tell you that if you didn't, uh, uh, in our last uh, Minnesota Wild hockey game, we went down to uh, Blackhawk Stadium or whatever it's called down there, and. Uh, beat them so that's always a plus we gotta keep them down there you go good for you guys you're welcome <laughs> thank you for keeping those Blackhawks where where they belong <laughs> there you go alright well let's play this intro and get our host up here with us here we go they have volunteered to be marooned for 39 days this is their story this is survival. 
Big Mike. Big Mike, you're up. Mr. Mike Albright, thank you so much for being here. How are you tonight? I'm doing great. uh, Another riveting episode and a unique thing. We've done some double episodes where they happen here two tonight, but due to an amazing American holiday, we we get to review three episodes, and there's a lot to cover. And It's always a bit challenging not having a guest because it's always nice to have an alumni stop in, but... I know I have 11 pages of notes for the three episodes, so there's a lot to cover. I think there was three. I think this season has been phenomenal, but these these three episodes are some really strong ones and some unique things that have not really been seen much. Definitely with uh, the second episode, we get a a uh, twist that's never happened with what Stephen tried to work out, and then you know Joe's injury in the third episode is very rare. I can only think of a handful of people that have been injured at a challenge, you know, and the first one had a, you know, exciting vote out. So great three episodes. And I I love them. It was a great way to spend the holidays uh, right before Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving Eve with those two episodes. They were just phenomenal. I agree. I was so anxious to see both of those episodes and, They've been doing really, really well at leaving us with these cliffhangers that just leave you on the edge of your seat, just biting your nails, waiting to see the next episode. Oh, yeah. And that, it's uh, the anticipation, but just the uh, the alliance breakdown in this uh, voting block. Are we going to voting block? Are we going to go alliance? What are we going to do? And then coupled with some amazing strategy from returning players that are hungry, that want to be there, you know, that aren't a bunch of winners and not people in their third time is, you know, Cambodia has got some crazy intense weather for these people. Like I'm, I'm currently watching the Sierra boot episode as we're talking just to make sure I don't miss any points as I go through the notes. And it's pouring down on these people. I just can't, you know, there's there's every season has its own unique challenges for sure, but you know, well, uh, Cambodia is no joke. <laughs> I've seen some seasons, not all of them, but there's been a, a couple where the rain has been relentless. Um, the uh, what was the the uh, season where they their first tribes were all women and all guys? Oh, Amazon. No. Uh, maybe, okay, maybe the second season. It, that's oh, yeah. Vanuatu was pretty bad in the in this area or near this area. They had a lot of precipitation. Anyway, I remember a lot of rain on that season. Why that popped into my head, I don't know. But this has got to be a first that they go ahead and give them a, a you know their own or build them a, a new uh, uh, camp. But uh, if somebody felt sorry for them, that's for sure. Yeah, it's rare for production to have, you know, wheeling and dealing of that nature. The, I can think of Australia where, you know, they put their camp in a riverbed and it gets washed out and yep. know, Jeff makes a deal with them and then they lose that, that rice again. Or they actually ran out of rice because they overate and then he switched and they made a deal to get rid of their, to get rid of their tarp and shelter and Colby's flag and then it flooded, so... Aside from that, and the, the deals they tried to make uh, 
everybody in San Juan del Sur was trying to make deals right and left. I'm not going to the reward. I'm not either. Can we trade this? Can we trade that? You know, we lost another Flint. But, you know, for the probes just to bring up, we know it sucks for you, but if five out of the ten of you say we won't fight for immunity and then it was a blind draw, they couldn't discuss it, and then eight out of ten people uh, say we're going we're gonna to not participate and let these two guys battle it out. And it was, you know, Joe's fighting for his life. And uh, Keithu, especially with his vote this last episode, I don't think I don't think Keith's in the loop on a lot of what's going on, which is kind of how he played last time. It was interesting. <laughs> With some of the best quotes, though, I tell you what, he's so funny. He had some really good ones that I uh, I was writing down in the different episodes. I don't want to get to episode three too soon, but, you know, just <laughs> just his reaction to having any family member in his quote was amazing. Not only what he called his wife, which... You know, I know ladies might take offense to that. I don't know many ladies that would want to go by old Big D. I don't, I mean, maybe if that's what she's been calling her for as long as they've been together. But he had another great line about, yeah, we met in L.A. And I was like, L.A. And he's like, lower Arkansas. And I was like, oh, is that a, is that a, you're near that area. Is that a term you've heard before, Sherry? What did he say? I didn't. He said, I didn't catch he, that. Said, uh, he said uh, he said he met uh, his wife. Uh, Keith said he met his wife. Uh, make sure I don't mangle. I'll mess up her name. Uh, Dana. And it's, uh, he's like, yeah, I went to school and we met in L.A., which was lower Arkansas. And Jeff was laughing about that because I was not familiar with the term L.A. referring to anything except maybe Louisiana or uh, the City of Angels, Los Angeles. So I, that was just a just a great Keith quote from that episode. Yeah, I have heard that before. Um, I've actually heard it used here in my area as well. I live in an area of Missouri called Arnold, Missouri, and we've often called Arnold, L.A., um, calling it okay. little, yeah, just, it's just one of those those terms that is not very enduring if you want to sort of play something. <laughs> it's just yeah. one of those well, not so enduring terms. <laughs> well, yeah, and, but in a, I think it's in 10 days I fly out to L.A., and I I sure hope I don't get mixed up at the airport and end up in lower Arkansas, because that's surely not where I want to be during the Survivor finale, because <laughs> so any true. of the Survivors I know in the area will be the, I imagine, oh, Keith will definitely be out in L.A., and Wesley, and big, I guess Big D, and Wes's brother, and Pretty much all the cast will be out in the other LA, so we gotta be well, gotta be really careful <laughs> for sure. Um, but just an amazing, amazing couple of episodes, and I, I guess I will start with the first episode, the which eventually became the Sierra Boot, 
you know, we get coming back from tribal council, you know, the 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 uh the recap starts it off and there everyone's so worried about the idol. And everyone's talking about the voting blocks and how big of a threat Fishback is and that Stevens advantage, what's it gonna be, and Joe's will just want his third immunity and there's just so much so much going on and I don't think I can't think of many games at this point where there's so many people in legitimate play to win. There's so many groupings, and then the groupings change. Um, who's in power can change any moment, and it's just crazy. Um, and everyone saw Jeremy's idol get played, and they thought that you know there was nothing left there, but we'll get to another interesting moment which I don't think I'm mixing up episodes, is Jeremy Jeremy getting the second idol, which that happened in these three episodes, right? Am I confusing myself with trying to keep track of 11 pages of notes, or is that happening during this three-episode span, or was that right before this? When he found the, the idol? He found the, when he found the second idol, That's I think that's in this epi- one of these three episodes we're no. recapping tonight, right? I'm not mixed up, I hope. No. No, I'm not, or no, I am. You are. You're not correct. It was several episodes ago. Okay. He found. He found the episodes prior to that. He found, well, he found his original idol, but then finding the the replacement idol when he had the when he got the clue and then the lantern and all that. That was what. That was we recapped that. Was still a, two weeks yeah, that ago. Was still a few, yeah. That was still a few weeks ago. <laughs> well, all right. It's it's crazy to go through and recap 11 pages of stuff. <laughs> but anyway, he still has that. And like his first idol, you know, that's a big thing that is available there. So Yes, and nobody so, knows he has it because he's been smart and hasn't spoken about it. You know, oftentimes, I shouldn't say oftentimes, because most often whoever has an idol, they spill the beans, and it's rare that they don't tell anybody. But when they don't tell anybody, sometimes their closest allies, there's repercussions, and I didn't see any of his allies, you know, in a in a uh, confessional say, boy, how can I trust him? He didn't even tell me he had uh, immunity idol. Yeah, there, you know, I fully agree that the trust that, you know, the surprise you get, but the trust you lose. So that's that's a definite drawback for people. And uh, even with the advantage, you, that ended up, you know, biting him at the end for sure. Because <laughs> he thought he had that everything lined up, and then, you know, Fishback's got this amazing – amazing opportunity to pretty much control his own destiny and he splits the votes and Fishback gets dogpiled and it's another interesting vote uh, five to three to two which to my knowledge is another unprecedented vote that we've not seen before so crazy and he's overplaying the thing and he did the good thing, the thing that surprised me was Fishback explaining to 
a decent amount of people how his uh, advantage worked. He was, you know, open to certain people about which, you know, Jeremy wasn't saying anything, and then to build that trust, Fishback's like, here's how this works, and so you guys know what's going on, and I can steal people's vote, and I can do this and do that, and I was like, I think you're giving away a little, little too much information there. Yeah, he told a number of people. He, I know he told Spencer and Tasha. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure who else he told, but I know he told it, at least those three. Yeah. <laughs> Is anyone- I think it's... Oh, yeah, sir. challenge. I, I, I keep uh, holding back, not saying anything, because I never know when you're going to, you know, I don't want to get ahead of you in your notes, but uh, it was... Well, you're fine, because I've been all over the place already, so don't worry about that. <laughs> well, that's a lot of work to take notes, and, and Cherry and I both know <laughs> from... Yeah, uh, we've, we've been here, <laughs> sitting here at times with eight, ten pages of notes, and and... In seasons past, I mean, years past, for whatever reason, we might have had 10 pages of notes, and and for some reason or another, not used one word of them. And it's crushing (laughs) when when you've taken that many notes and not used a word of them, you know. But it happens. I mean... You have to be able to roll with it, you know. You just do. Absolutely, Cherry. My thought comes to mind is when we've had just fascinating guests on the show that that uh, we talk with, and it goes on and on just with the guests, and we never end up recapping the episode much at all. Yes, yes. It's just so much fun talking with the guests that we never get around to it. So the notes go out the window, and we just have fun with the guests, and it's like, oh well, you know. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so what was your Paul? Your with that all the line of stuff. What was the note you had? So we can we can talk about it. I mean, we've got three episodes to cover, so we're not going to go from minute one to minute whatever because there's you know three episodes, but two of them were. It was technically two hour episode and one other episode when I was looking at the my uh, DVR. I mean, it's three episodes because three people went home, so we're going to be all over the place. So what, what was your note you had? Well, you, you kind of brought it up. I was going to talk about uh, I felt that Fishback, uh, you know, blew his, uh, his, his advantage uh, when he split the votes, and I don't recall that – that he got five votes. I recall that it went down to uh, like three for Abby, three for Fishback, and one more vote, and it was him. And if he had just voted, well, he would have had to vote two for Abby. I don't know, but it, the the point is, and I think you know we alluded to it, uh, Jerry alluded to it by you know him telling too many people about it. Um, Hurt him, but uh, splitting the votes—one for Abby, one for Joe. If he mm-hmm. had, if he had uh, put both of them for Abby, he would still would have still been in the game. Yeah, I totally agree with that for sure. I think it was was it between Abby and because I have I had five for Fishback, three for Sierra, and two for Kimmy. But maybe 
it was six to three to two, maybe. I'm just trying to go back and see because there were a total of eleven people I voting. So that should be eleven I, votes. Yeah. Said why I wanted to wait until you got there because I'm sure you would have written down numbers, and I can't off the top of my head remember the total number of votes uh, in uh, in the second um, vote off, which was the second hour of last. Yeah. So, but I'm but I'm triple checking my own notes because I got I got I don't know I've got notes on page four that are that how many to be a vote and I got a note on page five that appear to be a vote too. So well, the what was the uh, first one the Sierra breakdown in votes uh, total numbers? Ah, this is it. I can re- understand my own stupid brain. The first elimination was Sierra and. Fishback had five votes to renullified when Jeremy played his first idol for Fishback. So then Sierra got three votes and Kimmy got two. So that's what happened. I I am really not on my game today. It's been crazy. We're still actually working, and I've only we rewatched the first two episodes twice and this last one three times. So to <laughs> recap, Sierra went out first. Uh, Jeremy in a move to garnish, I think, some jury votes and to build trust with his group, plays the idol for Fishback, and that knocks out Fishback's votes because Fishback was going to go home that week. And Jeremy basically stopped it from happening and do so. I'm by splitting so- their votes. Sierra went home 3-2 to two over Kimmy because half the votes didn't even count. Yeah. I'm I'm curious. We've talked with other guests on uh, wondering about pregame alliances. Uh, Scoopin, uh, when he was on, uh, talked about he and uh, and uh, what's her name from TV. Um, oh, Lisa Walchel. Yeah, Lisa and he really kept quiet their strong uh, alliance through through the episodes. I mean, even the producers didn't know about it. So we were wondering if there was any of those kind of alliances. I never really had that strong a sense that the Jeremy Fishback alliance was strong enough for him to give up title to him. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just the editing or what, but that really did surprise me that he was willing to give up one of his idols to keep Fishback in the game. I think they were building up that bond for a while when uh, I think Jeremy was supporting Fishback because we were getting that, you know, Fishback was getting the, instead of Spencer, the Charlie Brown episode of, you know, Fishback's not good at this, Fishback's not good at that, and, you know, Jeremy kept challenging him to step up. And then on social media, right before this double episode, I think either Jeremy came down to see Fishback or vice versa. So there are a lot of pictures of him hanging out. So I'm like, this bond's pretty big outside the game. So I imagine it's going to be pretty tight in the game. And then you see that that sacrifice. And that was a big play because everyone at that point was wanting Fishback out of the game. So it was interesting that they would take that opportunity, especially with, you know, everything else that had happened. It just... You know, he becomes the the big target there because there's a lot of people that, you know, could have gone home for sure. And, uh, you know, I think there was a great line, too, about, 
Well, Stephen had a whole journey that episode. You know, his the episode before he goes home and the episode when he goes home. You know, that rain, they're showing this worst rain ever. And then our old Steve gets one of the worst things you can get sitting in your house or sitting in Cambodia in a shelter is, uh, what did I don't, I'm trying to make sure I got the, I don't know if Sherry, you got it or Paul, the official more scientific term he used for his bowel problems he was having and the numerous times he had to go to the bathroom. I'm trying to find Fishback's highly intelligent way he was referring to that. But you guys know what I'm talking about when he had to keep leaving the shelter in the pouring rain. Severe gastrointestinal um, uh, severe gastrointestinal I forget the third word. um, And severe gastrointestinal stress. And that's if anyone's been through that, and I bet many of the listeners have, if, if anyone's had anything close to that, it's it's horrific. It feels like you're dying, and, you know, you already, they already felt like they're dying. Fishback's got jacked up feet. Everyone's soaking wet. They can't get dry. They're pruning up. You know, he was having trouble walking at the, the, the challenge, let alone that. So he's having a horrible time. He's about to go home. He's on the cusp of going home. And, you know, Joe's got immunity. They can't target Joe. So the next big threat is Fishback. And that those arrangements they did in a new voting block. And, you know, even with the numbers, and that's the biggest thing with these idols, numbers don't mean anything at all. And, you know, Jeremy saves them. And... I was, it was almost, you could see Jeremy almost let him get voted out, too, because there's that strong bond they have built, but, you know, it's one of the longest waits for, you know, just like if anyone has an idol, it's time to play it, and they showed Jeremy for what felt like almost 30 seconds to me, he's like, yeah, Jeff, and then those people had, you know, some people were kind of like, think people have idols or they're not sure no one had a freaking clue about that thing it was like kelly's play with hers just crazy and sierra sierra took it really well for somebody that was encouraging people to actually start playing uh she got a little bit of her own medicine because they sure they sure did play and she was the one to go home but she took it well she's like i love you guys well played, and then you can see Spencer's ears prop out, and he's he's freaking out that I thought I was closest with Jeremy, and Jeremy's playing a great strategic game. He goes right there and says, "I would have, I'd do it for you too, Spencer." So it'd be curious if that actually happened because Spencer's probably going to be on the chopping block and Jeremy. So I wouldn't. I would like to see what happens if Jeremy wins his next immunity, and Spencer's about to go home. Do you guys think that Jeremy would really protect Spencer now, since they're the only two guys that aren't named Keith that aren't a lady? I don't know. I mean, to give up your one and only final immunity idol, dude, you got to keep that for yourself. Yeah. I would think I mean, as so, much as he, 
he may want to use it for him. I mean, he may wish he could use it for him, but well, the other fact is the other factor is um, if they believe, if the guys believe the girls are, you know, going to form an alliance and they're outnumbered, and he knows that they'll be the girls will be targeting the guys, he's going to hold on to that for himself with, you know, a clenched fist. Yeah, they can only be played through the final five, and we're now at the. After these three episodes, we're down to the final seven, and he can play it, you know, just two more times. So at some point, they're going to have to probably make some kind of a power play because it it seems like he's out of the loop, and if these four women can stay together, they're just going to knock these guys out and then attack each other, which is... I have a strong feeling that, you know, Tasha, because... They really didn't, they, they really, even the guys, even with the threat of the women having four people, they really would like, really wanted to see Joe go because he was so dominant in, in the challenges. But mm-hmm. I feel like Tasha kind of got an okay from the boys. Hey, let me keep the girls thinking I'm with them and let me vote with them. Mm-hmm. But... I, and and you know the guys, a uh, couple of the guys voted for uh, Joe as well. So I'm thinking that she's talked to those boys and let them know that she will be on their side when push comes to shove. And so I kind of feel like it's not going to be the four girls. I think Tasha's in a great, 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 great spot. I think she is too, but I, I think she's smarter to go. I think she's smarter though to go with the girls, even though I don't want her to. I mean, I mean, I like Jeremy and Spencer's really turned his game around too. But you know, I like I like Wentworth and Abby, so I guess I like both of her options. I just don't want Spencer or Kimmy to win. And Keith, I don't know. <laughs> Keith's a great guy. I just don't know how I feel about Keith. I think he, I really think Keith's going to get right about where he did last time. Spencer's, I think Spencer's probably, depending on what the girl's doing, what Tasha decides is the swing vote. And what Keith does, if he's out of the loop or if they pull him in the loop for one vote at a time, but I really, I think Spencer is going to have to really win to protect himself. And he's strong enough to do it. I just hope he can. I'll tell you that Keith, can surprise you. He pulled off a win over Joe that mm-hmm. I think threw everybody sort of for a little shock. To stand there for, what was it, nearly an hour and a half? Yeah. Holding that pole that was 16 feet in the air with that, that statue on, on it. it. That was a, I mean, that guy can be a beast at challenges when he wants to, and I think he's flying under the radar a lot. And people are just sort of, you know, kind of taking notice of Keith a little bit when, you know, he's like, what is it, 52, 53 years old now? 52 is and, what Abby said, yeah. And when he can beat 
somebody like Joe who has been winning every challenge at now that was a physical challenge like that. People that have to amazing. give him a little I, bit of credit. I I I agree, Sherry. I started paying a little more attention to giving Keith a little more uh, uh, credit than I may have in the past with uh, those two performances. But I mean, like you said, Sherry, wasn't it about at 30 minutes in that they put the last the last uh, poll in, and so mm-hmm. he and Keith and and Joe were basically holding 14 feet of pole for. Like an hour, right? Yeah, yeah it was, was uh, two and a half foot increments every five minutes. So yeah, by by thirty minutes, that's got to be fifteen feet. So yeah. I mean, that, and that I'm is- watching this recap. Uh, the two episodes before Keith took down Joe, he fought him and was the last one in that that challenge with that funky uh, bowling pin sort of thing that you're holding and you're standing on one foot and you got to keep the ball in place. And I'm looking at it right now and the the person battling Joe trying to stop him from winning that fourth immunity is old Keith, the oldest guy there. And Abby loved to make light of that because I think she, she understands it's a TV show and it's entertaining. I don't, I don't think Abby from knowing her, she's been on the show. She's not, she's not really a mean person in, in reality. Just she understands it. Whenever she says something a little controversial, it's going to be shown on TV, and it's going to make her a bigger character. Good point. You know, and she's, and she's, you know, making fun of, making fun of Joe going down to Keith. Now everyone's very. Once they knew he passed out, they went from joy of, you know, Joe's not going to win to oh my gosh, how their fellow cast member doing, our tribe mate. So I really appreciated that. But then. I couldn't believe her confessional on the third episode, or her voting, when she's voting and all what she said, you know. Now, before they get to the vote, she's talking about there's a mold growing in camp, and then Joe gives her the, you know, Joe's, he's competitive and stuff and strategic, but you don't really see him ever get mad or lose his cool. But that kind of, he kind of gave her the really weird look, and then she goes into the booth to vote, and she's like, yeah, he's a, he's growing and he's a mold. And then she's like, he's moldy. Cut your, yeah, you're moldy. And then cut your hair because you look like a clown. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god. And if you don't, if you guys don't know, I didn't actually go to, I don't know if it was Instagram or somewhere where Abby was posting stuff last night. She said I saw on her Facebook there was like a thousand post posts of people fighting the pro Joe people in the anti-Joe people and the anti-Abby, they were just going to town fighting over that. And I'm like, but when you look at Joe and his hair isn't like all wet and damp and he wanted to dry and all bushy, it looks pretty crazy. It's a guys with big hair on the show. I can't think of, you know, you know, Malcolm had a longer hair and, you know, Reichenbach at times is kind of bushy, but Joe's hair is bushier than, than Eric's ever was. It's just... Coach, coach headlong here, but let's let's point out the fact uh, you ma- you made a comment about Abby knows that uh, uh, to get some airtime uh, she'll get it by behaving that way. Uh, not everybody that goes into into the voting booth do we get to hear comments from. So maybe she wanted them to 
put her on, on TV for her vote. Well, I think the best thing is we knew what Joe was going to do. He was trying to sway everyone to Abby, so we were going to get the, you know, Joe's, Joe, I'm going for Abby, and Abby, I'm going for Joe. But then not only she knew it was obvious it's going to get shown, so she knew she would get her vote shown, but she went to this whole other place. And and I, I, I think it's hilarious, and I hope if I ever make it there that I'll have the wherewithal in my mind to, to think about some of that kind of stuff that, is this going to be great, great TV? <laughs> and that that was great TV, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. But uh, I want to make sure, let's, I guess I want to stay in the first episode for a while. Um, the... Um, trying to make sure I got what I want to cover here. Even though Fishback was as down as he was, the one thing that never crossed his mind is the quit. And we've had several what I would call weather-induced quits in the show. Mayanka and Purple Kelly, who have been on, had talked about just how they got beat down by the weather and they had to quit. Julie on a... On, um, San Juan del Sur, same thing. And the weather's horrible. Fishback is close to possibly a medevac if he had gotten that dehydrated with. Oh, yeah. Sure, right. Sure number of times he's going to the bathroom. So That's true. I never even thought about that. That is one of the uh, side effects of, of that condition is you can get dehydrated. Yeah, and it's going to be hard to get. in a bad way, for sure. He no, was as much as they tease us, you know, uh, next next time on Survivor, and we were teased with um, with him crying on, you know, about the weather. Mm-hmm. It did spoil that reward challenge because I know that I, I got a had a feeling that if he had won that that reward and been able to go and get warm and 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 eat, mm-hmm. he probably wouldn't have been as as broken down as he was. So I kind of, when I was watching that reward challenge, whatever team Fishback was on, I knew was going to lose. <laughs> yeah, they were destined to to go back there for sure. <laughs> I'm trying to see that challenge. I'm trying to re... Okay. That was an immunity challenge. What was the reward? Was there a reward? Okay, yeah, the reward for... Um, that particular episode, we had a great battle. Everyone's feeling like garbage, but let's go battle in the in this body of water for those for a ball where you got to shoot the basket. And that there was some great competition there between all the cast members and even people that were in alliances and voting blocks with each other. It's fun when they do these schoolyard picks, and the the dynamics in the groups get switched up and. You know, I saw Abby going right at Wentworth and vice versa and Spencer and Jeremy and, you know, different people were pushing through. There's a great vine where Fishback just climbs right on top of Joe's back. I mean, he, he yeah. it's so funny. He is just straddling Joe for everything he's got. And, uh, mm-hmm. Joe just flings him around like 
like a child almost. Um, he had no no hope, but there was, there was definitely the- some competition in that. You know, these people are out there to, and I think Provost even made comment of it after last night's episode, and you know, after Joe passed out and saying, you know, this is what we wanted with the second chances. Um, theory, we wanted people coming out here and playing until they dropped to mm-hmm. win, you know, Survivor giving it, you know, their second chance. And these people are going for it. I mean, they're going hard for their second chance. And they're not leaving anything on the table. And these, yeah, and the cast that are all these people that are still in, one thing I just kind of realized is these people were people that actively sought the vote that I remember vividly seeing on social media. Even, I remember Keith got on Facebook, and I didn't see a lot of posts, but he was fighting. Like, I know Tosh had a big thing, and, you know, all these people were really fighting to get in there, and I really, you really appreciate that, especially when the casting, and I won't get on the soapbox, but... You know, the show's gone from, you know, everyone applying to nearly everyone for a while they're being recruited. And it's a lot of the recruits, and I'll I'll say this to whoever wants to argue with it, but I, if you look at the people that have quit Survivor, I believe almost all of them were people that would be classified as a quote-unquote recruit where it was, you know, someone saw them and said, you might be interested in it for the show, and then, you know, maybe they got into it and did the casting and got picked. I'm not familiar with anyone that, to my knowledge, that has ever applied, has quit, which is just an interesting stat. And that's that fight that people have. If you've been trying to get on the show for 15 years, you're going to play differently than miss whatever state, insert whatever state that was pretty, and some agent said, hey, you want to think about being on TV? So these people here, even if they were possibly recruited the first time, there was a huge fight among these people to to do well. And you can see that on almost everything they're doing. They may not do well and people may fall out in challenges, but, you know, they're they're fighting tooth and nail. Yeah, I, I want to... Paul, hang on just... Before you get off of the term casting, I just wanted to take a minute to say... Um, Thank you to Robin Cass. I don't I don't know if Pauline know you don't get on Twitter much, but Robin Cass retweeted our um show tonight and I know she casts oh, cool. the people that go on Survivor and she retweeted what? our our show tonight. I just wanted to say thank you to Robin Cass if you're listening. Thank Thanks, you so Mama much Cass. for retweeting our show. I think that's so awesome of her to do that. It was an honor to me for her just to retweet, you know, the show. So thank That's you, Robin. Phenomenal. That was so and, sweet. And, yes. And Robin, to my knowledge, when Lynn was on maternity leave, I believe it was Robin who was instrumental in with the Marquesas cast. I remember Sean Rector talking about that at an event in Virginia, just that he they kind of went to a, a slightly different casting group with – I believe she hold, hanging, holding that up, and that's a huge shout-out to retweet. And I've talked about to some of my friends when I get in shape. I was going to apply to 
Survivor for sure and the amazing race with my sister to hedge my bets, but you know, I think Big Brother is a whole other thing and I, I love watching it, so I'll put my hat in the ring for that thing too. Or my my key or whatever, I don't know. There you go. <laughs> Sorry, Paul, I didn't I didn't mean no, to interrupt that's, you, Paul. That's perfect but that's perfect. While he was on casting, I just had to say thank you to Robin Cass. That's the perfect time to uh, to interject that information. That's awesome to hear. Um, what I was going to say, and I was going to get off the, the, the casting uh, comments, by talking about that basketball challenge, I really, you know, those might be good for, you know, TV at times, but those seem to me to be overly... Uh, dangerous those you know they've had a variety of those kind of challenges where they're you know tackling their you know opponents and and that all that stuff and that just I don't know if I like those anymore and I mean think about it I think we got a shot of at one point was it Abby that was starting to bite one of the girls in the arm who was that I saw that. I'm not sure who she was biting, because I, I usually only write down dialogue, but there was a lot of pulling, and so there's typically the uh, bikini and swimsuit pulling to pull, you know, pull out your butt or pull out your junk. Or, yeah, heroes versus villains, wasn't it uh, 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 Sugar, who we just talked about, uh, I don't know, yep. uh, having a baby that, uh, you know, in that first challenge she got her her bikini top ripped off it probably didn't bother her at all but i mean i don't know it's just i don't know what what kind of rules they go over before that uh those kind of challenges but it just looks too uh too vicious at times for me and i i always am expecting somebody to get seriously hurt well with the uh concussion issue in the nfl and the contact that like that schmergen brawl from samoa I don't think they'll ever do that again. I think they feel a little safer in the water. Uh, but the thing with the water, and I'm not a fan of Kimmy, but at one point Tasha or Abby or somebody had her down on her back in the water and her head's just barely sticking up. And I'm like, 1% of me is like, get her under the water, then you won't have to deal with her. Then the rest of me is like, well, I don't like Kimmy, but she's, you know, make sure you don't drown her in this challenge. And that, they're in a couple feet of water, and that, that looked pretty dangerous. And But I was surprised that the when you look at the green tribe and the purple tribe, who was on it, they seem relatively balanced, but when it's, you know, Jeremy, Keith, who's getting challenges in Wentworth, I was really thinking the green tribe was going to pull through, even though Joe was on the other group. But, you know, the purple tribe after having trouble in the first match, they won the last three in a row and got their got the got the reward. So it was it was just it was just weird to see. Um I just didn't think they were gonna do that well. I'm just gonna say it. I just didn't think they were gonna do that well, but they did it. I guess Joe was the anchor. Because it seemed like he was in almost all the fights. Like it was certain people kept subbing out, but he was one of the few constants that did not switch out. I heard that term basket brawl. <laughs> basket brawl, yeah. <laughs> and it was a neat, it was a neat reward. It was similar to, I think, 
if I remember right, something in Thailand they had a similar circusy kind of, you know, getting food, getting getting to be warm, and then having that Cam- Cambodian circus come. I mean, that going to the circus is entertaining any time you do it, and they got you know that experience. So, and, but the fun part was uh, right before this reward challenge, I did write down another great Keith quote, <laughs> where it's uh. You know, Survivor ain't fun. Going on a cruise, <laughs> golfing, fishing, that's fun. Like, gosh, yeah. come on. Or, gosh, or. Yeah. yeah so he he's providing that entertainment, so. I agree with you. No, that's a different show. Yeah. Yeah, that's Amazing Race. Um, <laughs> he is, though. He. he he comes up just out of nowhere, you know. He's right. You know, going on a cruise, that's fun. Going fishing, that's fun. Survivor, <laughs> that ain't fun. <laughs> that ain't <laughs> fun. Ain't fun. The one thing he didn't do was spit after that quote. If he had spit, <laughs> that's right. it would have been vintage, vintage Keith. <laughs> like a period in a sentence. Yeah, that's his period. A big, that's his. It's a big goober. So. <laughs> um, but that's pretty much that first episode. You know, they they battle and they everyone gives it up except for the two people, and you know Keith was also surprised that everyone just got out. I don't think he just says, "I'm a competitor and I wanted to fight Joe." Like. Hey, everyone could have just done that. They knew that, you know, that they somebody. I really thought somebody else would, especially being an immunity challenge. I thought somebody else on the on the rocks and worried about getting voted out would have also done that. I, I was I was pretty sure they were gonna do that to get the shelter, but the eight to two that did that surprise me. That surprised either of you. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the thing that. Part of not being surprised by Keith wanting to compete is, you know, he he shows that he he knows you know you know what's going on somewhat in the game in knowing mm-hmm. that Joe was certainly going to go for the immunity idol. He in his season, Keith that is in his season, had uh, performed that uh, that challenge, so yep. he would be you know the best one to uh, try to go up against uh, Joe to do it. So, you know. Who are you guys surprised to not see try to fight for that? Who do you think should have? I thought you think should have would fight? go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. And maybe Jeremy. even Jeremy. Yeah, Jeremy um, had a lot of ways to protect himself, but I'm right. I, I agree with you that one of those two I expected, if not both, to – you know, want to make sure Joe didn't have the upper hand. Well, it's I'm all... really kind of surprised that Tasha didn't. Yeah, same. Yeah, even with the three of them had, they would have had all they needed was five. But I think everyone was hedging their bets to make sure that if just the wrong number of people had done that, they get no tarp and no super camp. It looked like something Boston Rob would have built with Home Depot stuff. Like, <laughs> I mean, that, that camp they had was. Amazing and that the fire. I don't. 
I can't think of a, a fire that's been inside a shelter before. I know. Even, I mean, that's like the Radisson at Survivor. <laughs> yeah, Cambodia, Cambodia Radisson. <laughs> it may rain, but we'll put a fire in there, so. Um, I mean, it's a roof that doesn't leak, a fire in the center of the shelter. What else can they ask for? Are they going to come out with, like, rabbit fur blankets for everybody and, you know, pillows and, and I don't know. I mean, it's just crazy how much they're giving the survivors these days. The closest thing that we got to this, well, I think they had more stuff, but they didn't have a fire inside their camp and a super tarp was the Moto tribe in Fiji when they had to, you know, create that twist of haves and have-nots, kind of almost big brother term there, Robin, if you're listening. But, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, they, the the Moto tribe's got, like, a grand piano and chandeliers and shag carpet, and the, the Ravu tribe has nothing. They have dirt and some more dirt and some bamboo. And uh, <laughs> if they had had all those amenities plus this this shelter, best ever. So the very good reward. Well, um, you you talked about su- being surprised who uh, did not uh, participate, but you got to weigh how your other tribe mates would feel. You know, you you know how miserable mm-hmm. you having nonstop rain for you know three days or whatever, and and uh, people breaking down from from the weather. Um, you know, you you almost gain points. By you know, mm-hmm. the white rock um, to help your those that are suffering more. You know, you gain points that way. Mm-hmm, for sure. Well, when they started delivering the... the the box from Sears, <laughs> the that, yeah. box from Sears. That was the end. When, oh, wasn't it, Cherry? That's when I started going. What are they doing <laughs> on Survivor? You know, are they going to start giving them water beds next or what? Yeah, here's your chaise lounge and your yeah. refrigerator. And, well, they have yeah. given a refrigerator before. It was just a little one for Coke and uh, Amazon, I think. <laughs> but uh, you get to the – and this prompted uh, – when we saw the second episode, they went to the uh, the reward challenge – and it prompted a conversation with all the people that helped plan that Durham Warrior Challenge. And I don't know when the last time they did it. I should have looked this up, but they had a night challenge, and they had a trivia challenge where Jeff tells a story. And I think that might be my favorite challenge of this entire season because you hardly ever get night challenges. They're very rare. Um, I can't even really think of the last one I can remember. I'm, I'm thinking back to maybe like China. There may have been one since then, but that night challenge, going for the, you know, getting your, uh, I'm trying to remember what they had to grab, the gold, the gold medallions, if you, or if you got wood, you were wrong. And in the middle of that, one of my favorite players got extremely lucky and, I was shocked that they hid that clue randomly so anyone 
could have found it. You know, they always people speculate productions got you know people they're pulling for, but it was just shocking that Wentworth got that clue. It was just amazing, and she's like, "I'm so lucky. I can't believe." I can't believe I I won this. And I was like, I can't either, but I'm very, very happy. <laughs> that, and it was a fight. And Fishback, you know, almost won, or he won that challenge. So, you know, he's starting to build himself up as, you know, people knew he was a strategist. And then he had to use his brain again to win that challenge. And I think that might have helped lead the, you know, people being super scared of Fishback. So. Yeah, well, his, have it, the hidden his right name there had been camp. mentioned numerous times uh, prior to that, and then it kind of faded away, and, and people had a different target. And then he did that and put a target on him. Yep. And then he really alienates Spencer some more by taking Tasha and Jeremy to the reward. And uh, now Spencer's even more <laughs> alienated than before. And then he had, Spencer had a great quote that I wrote down. For a survivor know-it-all, he makes really bad decisions. <laughs> and I bet Spencer would have said that if anybody didn't take it. But it was especially funny because of uh, Fishback's connection with Rob C. and their show they do. So that was a... <laughs> Good quote by Spencer. And it looked like an amazing place they went to. That was a phenomenal-looking opportunity they had. And they got, what was it? They got a massage and dinner. I'm trying to look here. I, I wrote down as much of the Jeff's speech as I could, then I'm not even going to talk about it. It was just another one of those great, talking about thousands of years and like a 40-second clip. Um, that, that makes food sense. and beverages. Yeah. So. Trying to but, do uh, that, that challenge with your feet. Yeah, for the the immunity challenge. That was... That's another that one that we've done before. Yeah. So the challenge is for episode two of the three was an amazing night challenge and this this second foot challenge and you know and Joe's fighting to be on to uh win another immunity and set himself in history and Joe well, does not win. Spencer comes back from being in last place and uh pulls out the immunity and knocks down Joe's streak. And then we have this opportunity where we'll actually have the votes right now because Dumb Dumb here wrote down my notes correctly so I know how people were eliminated if I could actually read and not overanalyze my own notes and get myself confused. Um, Joe has no immunity, and Fishback opens up about what his twist is, and then we get another brand-new voting system that's never happened. We got nine people and Fishback goes out four to three to two even by nullifying Joe's vote and voting twice by voting for Abby no. with his other vote. Four, three, two. He, if they hadn't split votes at all, Fishback would have been safe 
or that's pretty much it. If they hadn't split votes, that's what saved them because it would have been five to four. You know, or he could have doubled up on Joe, or got a vote on Joe, and maybe somebody else would have too. Uh, but Fishback just, you know, bit the big one, and even he, with how painful his experience had been, there was some relief in Fishback, and you know, I don't think you would have quit in a million years, even if something, you know, chopped off one of his legs. I think he'd fight like Missy and you know fight it out, but. When people blindside him and he's going home, he was pretty content with, especially on the uh, the, the uh, Ponderosa video. He was just relieved yeah, he, to get. To I get agree with you. I think he did seem like he was almost relieved to be out of there and have a cheeseburger and be able to not be so fearful of who's breathing down his neck and who's gonna potentially be mm-hmm. voting him out next. You know, I mean yep. he doesn't have to have that paranoia. Yeah, so he got that relief and one of the good moments because I we oh I opened up by talking about how Abby's been sticking it to people in confessionals. Fishback may not have won that challenge and he ended up going home, but he did get the old he got to trick Abby and make her pick the wrong one and she was in the mix to win the whole challenge at that point. She had gotten everything right until Fishback's like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Or, so yeah, he, he showed her. her. He did. He's like, yeah, oh, pick God. this one. And it's the wrong one. <laughs> and uh, so Fishback goes out in a blaze of glory, and then that ends that amazing two-arc episode, and then we got to wait a week, and then last night, another great episode. Well, before we start talking about the most recent episode, Jerry, I know, was convinced at the time you brought this up, Jerry, I had not yet watched the double episode, but whatever, you know, the the uh, next week on Survivor, you were totally convinced, as I'm sure countless other people were, that somebody was leaving the game, that they were going to get medevac. Yep. Yeah, it, it, they certainly made it look like that. Um, you know, in the previews, it looked like somebody was about to get medevaced out. It looked like they were laying on a stretcher. They, you know, they showed the, the hand, little clip thing on the, the, on the finger, yeah. you know, uh, to take the heart rate and you know you make assumptions that somebody is about to get carried off out of the game thankfully mm-hmm. you know he, he it wasn't that serious and he just needed to come to and get his senses back you know to him and and he, he was able to stay in the game but the previews that they showed the you know last week certainly gave us a startle and, and made it seem much worse than it was. But like I said, and this, it did this look season, awful. they've been so good at giving us these cliffhangers uh-huh. that just keep you hanging on a thread. Just you can't wait for the next episode, and that was one mm-hmm. of them. Well, yeah, was, and the close-up of the hand, you know, in spasm yeah, almost. Just shaking, yeah. Oh, it was Awful. I just I couldn't was, wait to find out who it was. I, and know. here's what here was one of my thoughts. My and and I think 
I even discussed it with Mike. The families have been there. And sometimes yeah. we've seen in years past where they have the families participate in the challenge. And so I said, Mike, do you think it could have been one of the family members? I was wondering. And yep. So we were not sure who, you know, we knew it was a male. But beyond that, you don't know who it is. It could have been, like, somebody's father, brother. Uncle, you know. yeah, anybody for yeah. sure. You just well, don't know. And and that that is certainly, you know, you, you wonder who, you know, that it could have been a family member. But uh, um, when Jeremy's wife, when Val showed up and we knew, you know, for the longest time she's pregnant, I immediately thought, well, the family's not going to participate this time. Mhm. Well, I think it was early enough that she was able to go, because um, this. Yeah, I think this was. They filmed this one. Well, no, they just they just filmed this. My God, what is with me tonight? Wow, they filmed this one second and season thirty-two first. So, yeah, but it was just enough time for her to get up there. I don't know. I'm not a lady. I don't know how late you can fly, but she at least knew the sex. So that means it was at least. Three or four months old, I would think, right? Is that is that about right? Or I was going to ask the same question: how how far along before they can determine the sex of the child? Coupled um, with how how late can you fly? Because I know you can't fly after a certain point too. So you can fly till you're pretty far into term, but you can tell the sex of the baby once you're um. I think it's around three, four months pregnant. I think they can tell the the sex of the baby, if maybe even a little sooner. Um, okay. But to fly, I I think they start shutting that down once you get you know around seven, eight months pregnant. They like you to After you know, not get on a plane. Third trimester, yeah. Because you're, you know, you could have the baby, and there's Early. been plenty of times where it does happen. Babies have been born mid-flight, and they don't like that to happen, you know, because you know stewardesses aren't aren't doctors, and they don't like to have to mm-hmm. deliver a baby in the, in the air, and it's not healthy for the mom or the baby, and yeah, so and it was uh... try to keep that from. It was great to see that, and that got me teared up because I saw that promo. But, you know, Tasha brought her cousin Christina, looked like a nice lady. Uh, and Spencer, that scene, though, that... Wow. God, that got me. Because I, 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 I know them both, and I'm friends with them both. Marcella almost played in the game in Maine. But just seeing her, and they, they hug, and then she kisses him, and he, she kisses her, and he, he says that I love you. And he's like, this is a big deal to me, and I just could... Just yeah, that emotion, and I loved it. I'm wondering, you know, why they were showing that, going back that many episodes, the clip of... of uh, Jim, Here, yeah. Yeah, and I thought, well, why are they going that far back? You know, it became obviously clear when, when she showed up, but that yeah. was awesome. And then uh, Abby brings her mom, Vera, who's been there before, and they're they're talking in Spanish, and that was... That was really cute. And we talked briefly before Keith's wife, Dina, Dina came, and he's like, hey, Big D. 
And then my we talked about his L.A. quote, but then he also said, oh, shoot, I don't care who would have come. It could have been my, my dad's fifth cousin or something removed. And I'm like, God, he's just, he's just, that's rolling off his tongue. He wasn't sitting around camp like Fishback would be, oh. you know, coming up with a great quote. You know, he's just popping that off right off his cuff. That's pure. Like, I don't care. <laughs> and then we get Kelly with, we get to see Dale again, who I, I love them both. I loved them in their season. They've both been on. Can't I love them to death. And then old Joe had just missed it last season. And he got to bring his dad, Pat. And then, you know, later on, I, Pat really got to, Wow! Talk yeah. about how big of a how big of a deal that was, and it was huge for Joe to get his dad to come out. But his dad just opened up so much about how you know Joe's his only friend and how hard his life had been, and you just really feel for the guy. But the one thing I couldn't stop thinking about, my buddy was over here, how young Joe's dad looked. It just didn't seem like he was old enough to even be Joe's dad to me. I don't know how old the gentleman is, and just. You just they, you know just they must have had Joe at a very young age. I, I would it would have to be. I was thinking the same about Kimmy's dad. He looked young too, but not just as not as young as Pat. And it, I I I rewatched it a couple times. Did they say what Kimmy's dad's name was? Because I didn't get that. I just said it's your dad, and she's like daddy. But then I, for the life of me, I. I couldn't get her his his name, and I, I want to see him in ten ten or eleven days out there at the finale. I don't want to be like, "Hey, Kimmy's dad." I want to be like, "Hey, Mister Whatever." <laughs> you know, this isn't Blood versus Water three where you're so and so's uncle and so and so's sister. It's uh, and that was a great challenge. It was it was a fun one. It wasn't too bad grabbing the bags and then. Spinning around and doing the balance beam. I was halfway expecting that to be <clears throat> the the injury uh, episode or challenge. You know, yep. Like it could have been pretty bad, but I I am just and I've seen this like on Big Brother too. I mean, when they do puzzles, coming up with a random word or phrases, those could take an hour to do. I mean, how do you? Yep. You know, unscramble that many letters into a word. And it's not a very big common word like, you know, and especially in in regards to survivor with some of the words they've repeated like nourishment. No, that's a, pretty big, that's a pretty big word, even for brainiac types. Like, I was looking at the puzzle cubes and I'm like, shit, I have no idea what the cheese, they're unscrambling. Uh, and I don't think it's one they've used before. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not something you can think of, like, you know, final whatever, you know, give, give catchphrase. Give Abby credit. She did come up with uh, a survivor word in redemption, you know, for redemption. Yeah. Right? She was getting to redemption. She just didn't have the right letters, but she was trying. And, <laughs> well, good you know. point, yeah, but at least she was. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's thinking of something, and then she spelled Mint or something. She was spelling mint just backwards. I'm like, oh my gosh, is Abby, is Abby onto something here? Uh, but then Wentworth wins, and then she basically draws the line in the sand and takes Keith, Abby, and then Kimmy, and then Joe. 
So it was just, and they got they got a great great time to be with each other, get some food, you know, break bread, and it just seemed like a good challenge and good experience. But while they're all having a great time, I think the three <laughs> when I think the three most strategic people in this season at this point that are still left. You know, Kimmy's all up there talking game, but, you know, Tasha and Spencer and Jeremy were just, you know, stuck by themselves. So There have been past seasons where, where people, you know, say, you know, do I want to go on this reward? Do I want to win it because of what strategy is being played while I'm not there? And mm-hmm. a definite fear, a valid fear. Yep. For sure. And the breakdown of numbers, it could have been 4-4 four, four, or, you know, 3-5 the other way. A lot of the times it would have been 5 at camp to talk about how they're mad at the 3 that got the reward, but they switched it up this time and 5 got the reward and uh, 3 didn't. And I'm surprised that they didn't offer or Kelly didn't even – think to be like, well, can I give it to everybody else and not take it? Which would have Ooh, been like a huge... they've done that, haven't they? Uh, they've done it before, and people have offered that on their own, or it's been offered by production, but... Uh, I don't, and I don't know if she would have done it either, but uh, she's very tactical, so she might have. But, yeah, then we get to the reward challenge, or the immunity challenge, and we've talked about what happened to Joe, but it was it was interesting having the male and female immunity opportunity, and I was just curious what everyone thought was. Did they? I wasn't sure if it was kind of more of an upper body challenge, and they were worried the women would just get beat by the guys because the order I have is is a certain order. But I think part of that's because Wentworth won. I think if she hadn't. If she hadn't already won immunity, I think she could have gone a pretty decent amount of time, I, even though she fell. And I was thinking about that, too, what, about the timing of it. I think part of it could have been that they planned to have that happen at some point. And was, yep. this, was this the first time that it was an even girls-guys split? Yeah, I think so with the numbers, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the reason. That's probably why they did it. And then when when uh, Wentworth won it, I thought, my God, immunity necklace, two uh, immunity idols. I mean, yeah. she's getting pretty. Oh yeah, or one left, but yeah, she's she's in a good good position. One left? What do you mean one left? Doesn't. Who, Kelly? Kelly. Yeah, she played the one to take out Savage, right? And then she just got the just got the new one back. So she still has one. Right? Am I am I mixed up for yet another time on this call? I thought she only oh, had one. I don't I did not remember the uh the Savage one. Yeah, uh, she played it for Savage so that uh, all okay. eight votes were nullified and then the I'm three the one. of the I'm the yeah. one that had the brain fart this time, Mike. Yay! I'm not the one with all the gassy <laughs> fartiness. Jerry, Jerry, you're next. <laughs> yes, Sherry, you need to mess up in the next ten minutes so it can be the worst 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> I do that quite frequently. She she yeah, she does have the fibro fog, uh, so it's not unusual, right, Jerry? That's right. I was I surprised that Spencer and Jeremy went out as went as quickly. I mean they were there for a while. I mean it's not like one minute Colby Donaldson challenges Neos versus Bones, but they were there for a while, but it's not Jeremy who's a firefighter battling it out with Joe, it's old Keith, the oldest guy there. It's fine. It was just I found that really weird. Spencer's real lean, and I could see him maybe having some trouble doing that for a really long time. I thought Jeremy would. I mean, he was he was third from it, so they, I just thought he'd do better. There was two factors that I was thinking about that really didn't seem to be mentioned or come into play. That when they looked up at their statue, it was like they're looking right up into the sun, and that had to have been very tough to, to look up there and focus mm-hmm. on. The sun is, you know, it was somewhat cloudy, but there was enough sun to make it uncomfortable. And then you watch the flags that were there, and the wind was coming up, and normally Jeff, you know, messes with their mind and says, and now we have the wind that's going to become a factor. I think the just holding it up though, and the wind was a factor. But did you see that? I think there was one time when it was down to just Keith and Joe, where Keith Keith's statue looked like it was like over forty five, over a forty five degree angle. It looked like it was almost. I don't know yeah. how that thing stayed. I think he spit on that statue and stuck it on the pole. I don't know how. <laughs> I was, it was say, maybe he had some gum that he was saving. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, he had it. He had it under his hat. I don't. I don't know, but yeah, when that stayed on there that well, and it's if if Joe hadn't had his blood sugar go down and totally, as Doctor Joe said, which is just crazy. Like we have two yoga people battling out, and now the doctor's named Joe. Like, come on, get a doctor, somebody else. Just I don't know, but you know, Doctor Joe's treating non-Doctor Joe, and. The thing that surprised me the most, and my buddy Scott, who was here, they're they're talking and you're treating they're treating Joe with his injury, and then Probst out of nowhere is, when they're like, "You need we need some kind of coverage," and then he's like, "Bring me an umbrella," and then this person just sticks their arm in the shot an umbrella out of nowhere with this huge umbrella, and I know it's maybe it was raining and production has to protect cameras, or I was I, just like. Who's got this huge umbrella at this challenge? I couldn't help but think about the cover of the Beatles' Abbey Road. I can't remember who was holding the umbrella. Was it Paul? I think. Yep. It was, yeah. One <laughs> of them for sure. Yeah. And I was just like, "Where the hell did this umbrella come from?" And it just—it was. I, and I was surprised there's only been one Survivor umbrella, and it was right next to Cambodia. I have a Survivor Thailand umbrella. It would have been really cool. If that's what they would have whipped up, but I know it has a different season logo, so that's probably why it didn't happen. But I was like, "Wow, it could have been a Survivor Thailand umbrella." <laughs> but he survives. The first thing and the Joe guy... says is, "I just want it so bad. I love this game. Oh, I want to play mm-hmm. it as hard as I can." Yep. You know, and Probe says, "I think this effort just showed that you are." Yeah, you know, so we had if we had known what the eventual outcome, it would have been even harder to listen to that conversation. 
But I loved it that Jeff is so aware of these people's uh, passion that as soon as Joe was cognizant enough and was waking up, that was the first thing that Jeff told him was that he was not going to be taken out of the game. Yeah. Yeah. One thing. One thing we uh, with Joe's injury, really quick. Another thing to shout out for Wentworth. Not only getting that funky random clue, but I'm just watching where she got everyone out of camp to get under that awesome new shelter oh. where her idol was. I just happened to have it on when we were talking, so I still think that was crazy, and she barely made it out. When, and Abby, the most annoying person in the island, ironically or not ironically, is the one she can't get rid of. <laughs> but she did, and she got that, that, that idol to replace her when she played. So sorry, I just happened to be on. So Sherry, I think you were saying something. That's okay. I was just wondering what you thought about Abby in the in the background when Joe, Joe was down, how they were reacting in the background when he was laying on the ground, sort of unconscious, and they were sort of almost laughing. Well, I think once they they were all really excited, but as soon as they saw that he he didn't just you drop it, he had collapsed. I think everyone, I thought everyone got over there and were running over, like Spencer was running with the bag and Kelly, and I don't think Abby just stayed there. I think she eventually came over, but... Um, I think they was, they were all concerned when he was first down, but once once he came, started coming around, they went back over and sat down on the picnic table, and a few of them were kind of laughing, and I thought, hmm, that's... Just a little. I, I think it's a bit of that, <laughs> that re, the relief of knowing that you can finally get. Because I've been in nothing like the real game, but online stuff. And if there's somebody that's kicking your ass all over the place, and you know you can take them out, there is an a, amazing relief that you know this person that no one likes has been saving themselves to the vote. And Joe, people like Joe. That's a little different than the scenarios I've been in. But once they don't have the protection, it's very cathartic relief. So. You know, and I think she was even and talking about it today on the media. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think there was the intensity there for sure. And now you know he's out, and you know he's not—he's not leaving the game. He's just weak. And then I love when he's sitting there in the hammock, and and he's like, "Hey, you want to talk game to Jeremy?" And and Jeremy's like, "Can you uh, can you get up and walk around?" <laughs> I don't yeah. know if he thought that Joe wanted to talk strategy in the middle of camp. I was just going to make a comment about their reaction after they t- basically said Joe was going to be okay. Their big plan when the four girls decided to get together was they needed Joe to go out next because, you know, then they would have the numbers over the other boys. And mm-hmm. for a while, they were really concerned that, that their big plan was not going to happen. Yep. <laughs> and it almost wouldn't if uh, if he had won that. I guess. Do you think? I guess the girls would have probably gone for or tried to go for Jeremy, maybe or Spencer. That have been an option. They, I don't. I think they would have still tried to unite, and I don't know. I think one of those biggest under-the-table deals that hasn't been directly addressed by either is uh, Tasha and Spencer. They may have had a pre-game kind of thing because they're pretty – they're staying with each other. 
Um, they all did the same thing this week, so who knows if that if they stay through it till the end. I, I don't know if they will or if they won't. But uh, going into the next uh, episode, you know, interesting. Jeremy and Spencer feel like they're on the bottom, and then they showed everyone getting banged up in the challenges. And there's another. They showed Tasha having trouble at the next challenge because it looked like some kind of a water challenge. So that looked yeah, yeah. That looked pretty interesting too. Uh, so I uh, the, she was the in the water that, saying, "I need help." Yes. Yeah. Before we saw that that clip. Watching Spencer's face plan into the dock. Yep, yep. I, you know, could that knock him out? Could he have knocked his teeth out? Could he have cut, you know, under his chin? I mean, anything could happen mm-hmm. as hard as he face planted. But yep. I, I, I am totally expecting somebody from production is going to dive in to help Tasha because that, that looked, that looked worrisome. Yep, I think she's going to get some help for sure. So. Interesting to see, and also if that's a reward challenge or if that was immunity or, you know, what all is exactly going on. So it's big deal. And Jeremy's got they, we have two idols still available and two votes. So I would imagine. I don't really think Wentworth, unless they all think she's a threat. I think they're going to go for um, Spencer Jeremy, and he'll I imagine he'll play his idol with himself one of the times, and then. Either he'll be stuck with the girls and Keith, or you know, <laughs> stuck with them. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, not stuck with the ladies, but if they're all voting against him and they're trying to get him out, I meant stuck like that. So, I would, I'd really love to be stuck with Abby and Kelly. And Tasha somewhere in a tropical island or tropical area for sure. Now, Keith, it would be a lot of fun, but I don't know. But too much spitting can get to anybody. So there was a lot of Abby talk about uh, people wanted her in the final three because uh, she wouldn't get any any votes. Uh, I kind of think of. I used to think I should rephrase that. I used to think that Keith was in that same same mold, um, but uh, the way he's been performing, I'm not so sure. I think in, in Keith's season, if he had won one more immunity, he could have, <laughs> there were so many guys on that jury that, that the people that liked Keith, I think Natalie was right to get rid of him because if Keith had been in the finals, I don't know if his gameplay was that good, but I think just likability, he had a really good shot to win, I think. I I'm more impressed this season. I think he learned so much from his first season. Um, even though he seems to have the same personality, uh, yeah, I, he's playing so much better this time. Yeah. Well, I, well, no, I've been team Keith both seasons. I absolutely love Keith, and I think he's kind of flying under the radar a lot. I don't think he's he's playing as hard as he possibly can in some instances. I think if he really, really wanted to, I think there's been a few times where he could have maybe gotten, you know, the immunity and he didn't play as hard as he could. I think he's kicking it into gear a little more now that, you know, Mm -hmm. the the numbers are down. But um, I think that was probably his strategy was to lay low and let everybody else 
take each other out until the numbers got down mm-hmm. and then kick in the gear when he had to toward the end. And if that was his strategy, I think it was a darn good one. Um, because he hasn't had to play and and do a lot um, to get where he is so far. He's been able to sort of let everybody else do all the hard work um, to get him to where he is right now. Now he can start working his game and show what he's got from this point forward and if that's his strategy, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think there's anything wrong either, but we really haven't gotten the confessional where where we can be shown what he's been doing, so I, I think he might get to the same similar place he was, and it comes all comes back to, you know, what have you strategically done in this thing? So, I don't know. I think he's going to make yeah, it at least as well as he did, but... I'm rooting for him. I like the guy. I think he's done really well, especially for somebody who hasn't been a long-time Survivor fan to to really mm-hmm. know a lot about the game. I think he's caught on very well and uh, really sort of submerged himself into the game and learned how to interact with these people very well. You know, considering he's the only guy on the tribe, you know, and he's dealing with mostly all these younger people who don't feel like he fits in. And yet, you know, both times he's made it very close to the end, you know. And for an old mm-hmm. person, that's that's hard to do because oftentimes they try to get the old guy, you know, the old person out. And so even just that without any challenge wins or you know anything like that, I have to give him credit because mm-hmm. he's able to get along with all the younger younger people and you know, stay stay in the in the tribe and not feel like outsiders so much, you know. I mean he kinda yep. is but he's hanging in there, you know. Yeah, he's doing great. He has also he's one of the few with no votes either. He's got got any votes so far, so Yeah. That's that's pretty good so far, so Yeah. Well we'll see what happens next week and one good thing is I I've got a lot of people it possibly I've sent out a lot of messages, but I finally heard back from Teresa Cooper at T Bird, so yeah. Um, she got back with me. She got back. We're not. We don't have a time confirmed by any means, but she said whenever it works. And if she had sent that message at six o'clock tonight, and I said, "How about in fifty-nine minutes?" And I don't think she was able to do tonight because she didn't call. But uh, we might get next week because we only have that. And another person who I was interacting with, who I'm, all, I'm very cautious about people that are post pre jury but this I could possibly get us T Bird and Cass at the next episode to talk about the next episode. So that's in the works and I still have Carolyn, Will and Mike as possibilities as we go into the finale to kinda 
to see who they think has a good shot. So there's a lot of a lot of people that have been in communication. No one's definitively said they're doing the show, but some things to think about and some great possibilities. Cass isn't here to talk about it, but I'm going to mention it in minute detail anyway. Um, Cass has put out her own survivor um, game card and uh, bracelet. So if you donate to her, she has a charity that's going on and the proceeds go to the grade schools over where she uh, played Survivor and schools over there. And you get, it's almost like a baseball card, only it's a Survivor card. And Mm -hmm. it has a lot of stats on it. And when she comes on, she'll be able to talk in more detail about all this. But, um, there's a couple of different bracelets you can choose from. One of them says chaos, and I forget what the other one says. Um, and they're those those rubber-type bracelets. Um, but you make cool, a donation, yeah. and you get a, a card and a bracelet. And the pr- proceeds go to the children in school over where she played Survivor. So hopefully we'll get her yeah. on to, to talk about that and explain her charity that she set up and talk about the, the cards and the bracelets and everything that she's got going on. Um, cool. I want her to come on and explain all that and and tell everybody what she's got going on. Uh, but I did want to make a mention of it so that if people listen to this, you want to go to um, Cass's Facebook page. She's got all the information there. You can find it and uh, actually go ahead and, and get one. If not, wait until we have her on the show and hear what she has to say, and she'll explain everything then. So. Cool, I ordered mine. I'm going to get it in California. And if anyone has any ways to reduce their shipping costs, we were we were talking on um, social media. I don't know a good way to reduce their shipping. I'm going to get mine in person, so it won't cost her anything, but if anyone has any great ideas for that, I know there's some non-profit things, but she's, that's not fully, the paperwork's not all through, so she can't really go that avenue. So if anyone has ideas to make, you know, shipping cheaper, um, reach out to Cass and let her know what your awesome idea is, or if you don't know how to reach out to her, reach out to myself or Sherry. We can try to communicate with her and find out how to help cut down the cost because the, the postage is going to reduce her uh profit margin for the charity. So if anyone has any ideas, let us know. Absolutely. We'll do anything we can to network and try to help bring those costs down so the kids get more. And, uh, you know, it doesn't help the kids any if all the proceeds go to postage. So um, we'll do whatever we can to try to... If you have an idea, like... Mike says, get with one of us and let us know. See what we can do. For sure. So that would be great to have week, T-Bird so. and cast. Oh, yeah. Plus, there's a possibility of the finale preview show. So, Carolyn was checking her calendar, so we could have three awesome ladies here. 
And we'll oh my goodness. slide down a ramp and come too. We'll see. I don't know. Who knows? A triple threat. <laughs> oh, yeah. And maybe none of them will pan out. Then it'll just be us mangling through it again. But hopefully somebody <laughs> can stop by. So. <laughs> Time will I'm tell. Sure that, I'm sure you'll get somebody out here. Yeah. But tonight we had three big shows to go through and... I extended the show so that we could make it through. So um, if we would have had a guest, it would have been hard to have a guest and make it even in a two-hour show. So Yeah, for sure. And no, it, we wouldn't have gone, gotten it to look at any of the notes. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it would have been a whole lot better just, talking any previous cast member and asking him questions for 40 minutes and then sprinkling in what actually happened on the show. So <laughs> I guess we've had the benefit of having guests, so we aren't as conditioned as we could or should be. So I'm going to go run some wind sprints in my brain, I guess, for future episodes. We'll see. <laughs> Hit the weights. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm pretty... I don't have much else to to say about. I don't have anything else to say about that as far as Scum would say. So yeah, I I'm good. Okay. So. Well, thank you so much, Mike. It's been a pleasure once again. I do want to remind everybody to join us on Sunday night for the Amazing Race Second Pit Stop Show with Luis Gervato, and then back here again on Monday for the Manic Monday Show with Michelle Costa and the Manic Monday Show. All of our shows are at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, and time for the Toys for Touch event up in New Hampshire. Um, and before we go, I'm just going to play this one clip real quick because it is this time of year. Here we go, folks. What we're going to do right now is we're going to take a break. We're going to hear from our friendly um, rodents. Here we go. Pack your bag, house friends. We're going to New Hampshire. New Hampshire? He told the state model was Lit Rio Da, the total badass is there. Relax, squirrel. It's for the Big Brother Fan Club's annual Toys for Tots charity event. I'm sorry, HR, but you don't exactly strike me as the charitable type. Anyway, you'll like it, New Hampshire squirrel. There's plenty of nuts there. Ooh, I wonder what nuts from New Hampshire taste like. Jordan, I think he was referring to Big Brother fans. Maybe I should just leave you two at home. No, HR, I wouldn't miss the opportunity to see you making a spectacle of yourself. Fine. Join us, the Big Brother House Rodents, for the Big Brother Fan Club's annual Toys for Tots charity event in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. You'll be helping out a great cause while meeting some of your favorite house guests. And you'll also get to see a grown rat drooling on himself. You know, Squirrel, you look better with a chalk outline. Now, they have changed the name of it a bit. It's now called Reality Stars Giving Back. Toys for Tots. Um, so if you want to find it on Facebook, you can look for Reality Stars Giving Back Toys for Tots. Um, and they're going to be posting cl- uh, links all weekend, this weekend, to show you 
live feed of this event. And Michelle Costa is going to be there. Um, Johnny Mack is going to be there. Jason Rory is going to be there. Luis Stravato is going to be there. Um, Jen City is going to be there. Uh, it's, it's going to be a great time. So the live feeds are not going to cost anything. Just make sure that you watch, like, Michelle Costa, our Facebook page at the Rad Reality Show uh, Facebook group, um, our Twitter. Watch all these different places, and we'll be posting links for the live feeds, and you can check out what they're doing up there at Toys for Tots. They'll also be taking us live as they spend the money at uh, Walmart and buy the toys at Walmart for all the kids. Also be taking us live as they donate them to the Marines. Um, lots of things going on up there, different events they'll be doing all weekend. So keep that don't, in mind. Don't forget to mention one of the events that I know you're looking forward to is the acoustic sets. Yes, Johnny Mac and Jen City will both be uh playing acoustic uh, guitars after the dinner on Friday night. So make sure you tune in Friday night. I don't have an exact time that they're going to be playing, but I know it will be after the dinner. So you know, just keep an eye out for the links and check in for that. Um, I've never, Cherry, I've never used it or know anything about it yet, but did they decide that we're going to see the, the live feeds, so to speak, from Periscope? Is that what it is? I know that some of it's going to come from Periscope. I don't know if all of it's going to be on Periscope or if okay. just like the shopping trip is going to be on Periscope. I I don't know. Okay. So if you don't have Periscope downloaded like I don't, I need to download that and have it ready. Um, download Periscope and be ready for it because I'm getting ready to do that myself. They will be streaming some things on Periscope. So uh, thanks for mentioning that, Paul. Be ready with Periscope. Some of the things are going to be streaming on Periscope. Um, Others, I think they will have the tiny chat. I think, again, I don't know for sure. They have in past years. Um, Just watch for the links. And everything is free. There is no charge for the live feed. So keep your eyes peeled and watch for that. It's such a great time up there. And if you can't attend um, live in person up there to Toys for Tots in New Hampshire, it's so much fun to be with them via the Internet and join in online. So just wanted to mention that. Hope everybody has a great night, a great weekend, and we will be back on Sunday night. Mike, thank you so much for a great recap of three big episodes of Survivor. That was a lot to get in in one show, (laughs) but you did it very well. Um, Thanks. (laughs) So until next week. We will talk to you then. I'm going to...
take us out with Ron, as we always do. Everybody have a great night. I want to finish off the show with a little music and say to all my listeners, thank you guys, and thank you all for coming in. God bless you, and thank you for listening to the show. And it was a great one. Okay, good night, guys. Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night, all. God bless. That's a wrap.